Hi, I'm Aaron and welcome to the Hip Hop Hustle podcast, where we explore, well, you guessed it, hip hop. I'll be interviewing the best artists in the game while also taking some time to appreciate some new and classic albums. Make sure you like and subscribe to the show and follow me on Instagram at the underscore hip hop hustle for any upcoming news and guests. Also, don't forget to check out my new Patreon under Hip Hop Hustle that will give you exclusive content and help me keep the show running and getting better. All right, let's get into it. Uh, yeah, welcome to the Hip Hop Hustle podcast. I'm with Wix Patton, one of the, the up-and-coming artists out of Atlanta as well, chose artistry over going down the football path and you know making waves in the industry man your your track uh is coming up to close to a hundred thousand streams on spotify so i feel like you know when you look at your journey it must have been kind of you know a bit surreal when you you looked at that original choices to go down music or go down the football path sure i mean i i was doing music all the way back to like middle school and high school you know what i mean and then kind of put it down to fully embrace you know obviously the opportunity that i was given in football um so you know when, when music came back around for me and it and it started to take off for me i felt like this is you know the pathway i always wanted to go down since i was a kid so it definitely made the most sense so what was that like so talk to me about that actual kind of decision process because everyone goes through a point where like They've got two pathways, especially as artists. At some point, you've got to go full-time. But what was that actual decision process like between going sport or a musician? Uh, I mean, whenever you're doing both at a high level, I feel like you're having to make sacrifices, um, which, you know, obviously break into you not being able to perform at the highest level you know, and, and two different things. At, at a certain point, if you want to be able to reach your maximum potential, I feel like you have to put two feet into whatever it is you're trying to be the most successful in. And I had uh, people I looked up to and, 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 and watched a lot while I was at UGA artist. Um, I mean, and kind of seeing the decisions they had to make, but uh, you know, the outcome that that was given to them because of, uh, you know, the choice to go in all, all in on music. And so I felt like, I needed to be able to put the, the you know correct amount of time in to be able to develop the skills and the experience and even just discovering who I wanted to be as an artist and who I you know who I am. So that's kind of why I did it. Awesome. Well, I think you definitely made the right choice. But did you feel like those like was there moments where you weren't sure that being an artist was the right way to go, or did you always have that in the back of your mind that ultimately being an artist is the end goal? I wanted to be an artist for the longest, but then, you know, once, once football was really going, I was like, man, maybe this is my calling. You know what I'm saying? And then, um, I don't know. It, it was just, it was more or less like I started really going hard in both of them and started getting a lot of opportunities in music. And then it started to get really and really for me to the point where I was finally like, all right, this is the career path I want to go down. It's just about when do I want to get started? You know what I mean? And, I, and I, I wanted to keep playing football at University of Georgia as well. But when I was faced with the, the decision to, to choose between the two, um, you know, to, to keep playing at Georgia, I felt like it was, the, you know, the right time and kind of like God telling me, OK, it's, it's, it's time to step you know, fully into your calling. Yeah. And how many years ago was that? Uh, that was 2019. So it's two years. All right. So it's still been quite a short period of time. Do you still have the itch to play football like I can like I used to be a national level swimmer, so I yeah. still sometimes have the itch of like the memory of like how good I was at swimming. But do you still have that itch like you wish you could just get on the field and just play again? Yeah, I definitely do. I mean, I miss playing football all the time just because I miss the competitiveness of it and just because, you know, I love the sport. But at the same time, I feel like I fully stepped in and uh, found my identity as an artist. So I feel like I love what I do and I'm, I'm naturally walking in uh, not only what was my dream, but what the, the career path I always envisioned myself going down. So I'm just taking it a day at a time. Like right now, we're in, uh, we're in the car headed to Foley, Alabama for a show uh, that we're headlining. And, you know, we're just kind of doing the van life right now. You know what I mean? Driving five hours here, six hours here, doing shows and trying to just, you know, get in wherever we fit in. Well, man, I'm jealous. We're stuck in lockdown still in Melbourne, Australia. So 
I mean, we we're still like you can. We got a curfew at nine o'clock. Like you can't do anything. Like it's crazy. Dang. Yeah, I mean, we were on lockdown for the longest, and then you know the vaccines came out, and it just you know more uh, more things started to open up, and so you know we you know things have been active here. It's tours and a lot of shows going on, so maybe you should just take a trip to the U.S. But hey, y'all yeah. playing the safe side. I'm, I'm sure y'all's cases have have gone down significantly. Well, I mean, we were at a point where we didn't have any cases, but now we've got we're starting to get of quite a few cases, but it's nothing like the rest of the world. Like we don't have thousands of cases a day, but our government's just really slow on the vaccine rollout. So um, they said once everyone gets vaccinated, then we'll open up. But in the meantime, we've been locked in our houses and, and just can't do anything. We've got five kilometer radius. That's all we can travel. Like you can't go out of your five K. So everyone's itching for like, you know, getting back to normal life. It's been a long time. Oh yeah, man. Definitely. Well, talk to me about the van life because I feel like what people see of you and what people see of being an artist is like all the cool stuff, like, you know, being on the show, you get the fans, you get the environment, but what is it like actually traveling from place to place, you know, finding that spot, literally the grind of the everyday artist? I definitely say that, uh, you know, through the episodes and, and through and through the highlights that we show, it looks very, very appealing. But um, shoot, honestly, it's arguments. It's people being cranky. It's, it's trying to create space. It's excitement. It's, uh, you know, we obviously we love the love that we get. You know, what I mean, as emerging artists, sometimes we get shade, too. So you deal with that. Uh, I mean, honestly, I think that for us, it's just fun to be around good energy and meet new people and get to perform our music and you know just i don't know you know what i mean we we love we love we love the journey of it because we get to you know track our progress and that's why we love doing these episodes and this docuseries we've been working on but you know shoot a lot of gas station food we got some starbucks in here a lot of gatorades a lot of swedish fish look at it look at the back look at the back seat right now here i'll just show you what's going on got my dj right here drummer the bags packed back here. My my videographer driving right now. You know, since we're doing the interview. Damn, you guys are really packed in there. There's not a lot of. <laughs> we're really we're really packed in here, man. For real, not too much space. But you know, uh, we'll get there and we'll we'll have a crazy night. And that's what we do, man. I feel like we just all all of us we have this just supreme hunger for where we're trying to go, and we understand that you know it's like we have to take the steps to to build into where we want to go. So you know we're. We're just kind of, we're kind of just going. So what's that schedule like? So you'll go, you'll perform. Do you, are you back on the road the following day? Yeah. I mean, honestly, sometimes we'll have double header shows and other times, you know, we'll, we'll go back to home base in Atlanta. We'll record new music. We just uh, actually just decided to drop a song on SoundCloud. It's called 2500. So we're about to push that. And, um, you know, it's, it's a lot of cool stuff. So like I said, our home base is over here in Atlanta, Georgia. And that's where we regroup. And then, you know, sometimes it's back-to-back shows. Sometimes, you know, we're taking flights for, for certain shows because the drive would be too long. So it all just kind of depends on, you know, what's going on. But right now we're just packing in dates, like you said, because we know that things can get shut down at any time. So we're just trying to, you know, stay active. And how are the crowds? Like, could, do you feel like they've got more energy because of, you know, everything that everybody's been through and they just appreciate shows way more than they did? Oh, I definitely think so. Um, you just feel the excitement with people. Like, people aren't as, I feel like, egotistical when it comes to just, you know, kicking it in the back of the room or being to themselves. Like, people are really there to embrace and just let loose. You know what I mean? Because people are working so hard right now due to the fact that, you know, we're just well, over here. We're just coming out of the pandemic. So it's like, you know, People are working more hours than usual. People are doing back in school. You know what I mean? So it's like when it's time to work hard, people are working hard. So when it's time to play hard, people are going crazy. So that's been the result we've had at the shows as far as us. You know what I mean? But, yeah, you know. I feel like everyone is is feeling like that. I know that, like, I'm personally, I'm like, once I'm free, once I'm allowed to go out, I'm just going to go for it. Just absolutely embrace everything. Just go out on the town, just live up life, you know, enjoy everything and don't worry about the rest. For sure. Gotta stay safe. 
I was going to ask for you, like, uh, when it comes to, you know, because you made your decision in 2019, then COVID hits. How did that kind of feel for you? Because I'm sure all the momentum you were building kind of really takes a back seat all of a sudden. Yeah, it sucked. You know what I mean? Because I feel like with where I was at as an artist, you know, I had dropped this song 100 miles right after I dropped out, right before I dropped out, that was that was picking up a lot of steam and so a lot of opportunities and then it was like, and I, I, you know, I was meeting with labels and then all of a sudden COVID hit and it was like, you said everything shut down and everything slowed down. And I was just like, had this terrible itch to where I was ready to go ahead and get out there and do shows and all these things that I had to sit back and couldn't really release music. And so, you know, you're kind of pent up and you're trying to figure out ways to deliver content out there and reach the masses, but you know, from, uh, you know, just a, a, an enclosed space. So, Honestly, for me, it took, you know, it became a time where I just found my sound. We recorded over 250 songs, I think, in a year and a half wow. and just crafted it with this label called Oom Camp and Tricky Stewart's Camp and just, you know, went to work. So, honestly, it was a good time for us to create. And then as soon as things opened up, we hit the road hard. We went on our first tour called Sorry I'm Late Tour. And we just hit, like, we were doing, like, four or five dates a week for, like, three months. And then... Wow. We, we took like two months off and then we came right back to it for the homecoming tour. And what's fun is that, you know, we'll, we'll block off like two months and we'll announce like two months of, of dates. And then, you know, naturally just from that picking up steam and, and word of mouth, you know, we'll start to get more dates. And so the tour will naturally extend to like five months. So we're just letting things, you know, take care of itself day, you know, a day at a time. And, you know, we're starting to roll out more music and, and build the team and continue to build this foundation. So, that's just where we're at. So how is it balancing the the need to be, obviously you're an artist, but then, you know, you've got your team around you, but it's not like the biggest team in the world. You don't have like hundreds of assistants, but how do you manage? Obviously you're on the road, you're making sure that you and your team are ready to go, but then you're adding dates. You're making sure sound is correct. You're making sure the venues are right. How do you balance all of those things? I really work with my best friends. So like my engineer, you know what I mean? That I worked with for the last year and a half. Me and him were super close. So it's like, it don't necessarily feel like work. You know what I mean? We're getting together and we're building on doing things that we love. And we all kind of got the same mission. So we feel like, you know, as getting together and, and, and every time we're doing things, it's like we're having fun, but we're also completing the mission. You know what I mean? And we're all moving further in our respective positions for where we're trying to go. So my DJ and I are really close. My videographer and I are really, really close. Uh, the band I've been playing with for a long time, two years in the making, you know, we're all kind of got the same mission. So everybody's working towards the same, um, you know, the same place. So it's like, it makes it easier. You know what I mean? So, uh, and, and, you know, also it's just like, you know, we form so many relationships. So it's like, we're not trying to outkick our coverage. You know what I mean? We, we find people that are the best at what they do and we, we allow them to play their position. And, you know, I feel like, everybody's got a good consulting when it comes to just wanting to make certain moves. You know, I got six, seven people close to me that I asked, you know, is it a good idea to make this move or, you know, what y'all think about this? Should we do this? How can we improve this? And, you know, we just continue to um, just take it a day at a time. That's awesome, man. How do you find these people? Like, you know, that original crew, were they people already in your life or did you reach out to them? Like, how was that process? It, it happened very naturally. Coming at the shows I was at, you're going to eventually surround yourself with people that are on that same type of work ethic. So naturally we came together, we, we clicked and uh, not only, you know, they have to be a fan of what you're doing and, and like what they're doing, but also see the vision that you see. Because everybody has to be able to see that vision for what you're working towards. Otherwise, you're just doing it for to do it. You know what I mean? So we kind of all got on the same vision for what we we're trying to go and what we we're trying to do. And we all just kind of, you know, set forth on that path. We haven't looked back. So, you know, uh, my DJ might go out and get a couple of gigs or he might know somebody that we could bring in. Boom. Or my videographer, he just got his book for this date in Alabama. Or boom, I'll. I'll, I'll find plays for this or this so I can put you on here. So we're all just kind of working together so we kind of formed a team naturally. Um, and we're all uh, from Atlanta. And the thing is cool is we have so many artists that I'm collectively with that, you know, we move together and move around with. So we're always 20, 30, 40 deep everywhere we go. And it's like, you know, it's just, I don't know, man. You know, it's just I'm surrounded by people that are, again, like, you know, just on that same mission statement. 
Yeah, I mean, like for me, like I'm jealous you're in Atlanta because like I see all these artists coming out of it seems like it's the the new or the the current mecca of hip hop. Like it just seems to be producing artist after artist after artist and we're just seeing like literally everyone blowing up from Atlanta and obviously rich history as well in terms of people like outcast and, you know, it's just literally coming through, but do you feel the buzz when you go to Atlanta that like literally there is so much opportunity? Yeah. You know what I mean? It's just, it's just, uh, I think it's home of the culture, especially for hip hop. You know what I mean? It's a Mecca for hip hop and there's so much going on. There's so much influence. There's so many opportunities and, um, because, you know, for us, we've, we've hit all the different types of corners of where we can be performing at. We'll go to the fraternities and the colleges, we'll be at the sororities, we'll be at the, um, you know, the big shows in the underground, you know, we'll be opening for major artists. We'll go and perform in you know, some of the older R and B spots will be in the rock areas where, you know, we're kind of going all around and just getting a taste of everything and just, you know, emerging and what we feel like is just, uh, the music culture of what's going on, you know what I mean? We're trying to we're trying to be we're trying to be a part of uh, evolving the next generation of music. Well, as a result, do you feel that the competition is really strong? Like you do have to be on your A game, or is it you know more you of a collaborative? A you got to be on your A game for sure. But I feel like I'm completely in my own lane when it comes to artists that are out here. So I don't feel like I'm in competition with nobody. But I do feel like that it's a game of just exposure and perfecting the art that I'm trying to put out. You know what I mean? And the art, as far as the performance, the song, the mix, the, uh, what's it, what's it called? The crowd engagement and just the look and just the whole way that it's delivered. You know what I mean? So, and for me too, I feel like it's just timing. So it's putting out all the music that I feel like represents the type of artist that I am and just allowing everything to happen organically. Like my story is starting to get out there and things are starting to unfold and um, we're continuing to develop and, and grow. It's just a matter of time. Definitely. And I mean, the, the cool thing is as well is that you know now more than anything, people are really hungry for it. But I was going to ask you because your kind of lane in hip hop is really unique, it's, as you mentioned like you do, you do have the ability to obviously, you know, actually vocalize and sing, and then you've got the ability to flow and spit bars. But how do you kind of describe your own style? If you were to, to be asked, like, how would you put it into words? I just kind of do me on every record. You know what I mean? I feel like I'm, I'm constantly trying to push the bar on how expressive I am when it comes to the message I'm trying to come across with whatever song I'm, I'm, I'm portraying. You know what I mean? So for me, I have so many influences through so many different genres of music also due to my influence from so many different kinds of people and cultures. So I feel like I'm just a, I'm a mutt, you know, I'm a music mutt. <laughs> That's what I feel like. Do you ever feel though that, and this is probably what some people will ask, but do you ever feel like because you've got so many different things that you can do that it can be difficult to like nail a specific audience type? Or do you feel like that's on the flip side, the asset because you reach out to lots of different audience types? We'll have to see. Honestly, we'll have to see because I have yet to uh, release a lot of the music that's going to be a depiction of, of uh, what's to come. You know what I mean? But uh, I do feel like that the more that people start to learn the dynamics of who I am and the message I'm trying to get across, the more that they'll appreciate the different expressions because I feel like I want to take people on a musical journey and not just take people into one type of place, but take them throughout the uh, all the different dynamics of who I am and, and as well as what I feel like will relate to them. You know, I want to constantly give people something that's refreshing but also nostalgic. Yeah. Well, you know, I spoke to, to an artist, I forget which one it was, and he said that uh, you, all your fans, they either are you or they want to be you. And that has always stuck with me as like 
a really cool message that like anyone who you attract with your music, you you definitely attract because there's a likeness, there's a sameness, or you're someone that they want to aspire to be. And that's just kind of the feeling that I get with you and and the kind of the messaging that you're driving. I just want to be able to, I, I want my music to be able to enhance the, the feeling or, you know, help enhance the person that's listening. So I, I understand that uh, I don't even necessarily want people to be like me. I want people to take my music and, and allow it to them to feel like they have someone to relate to and someone that can help influence them to be the best in their own personal life. So what do you think stops people from being the best in their personal life? Like, obviously, you've gone and taken risks. Well, you may not be, but you've gone and you've gone for what you believe in and you've gone for, you know, what you think you've believed in yourself. And you see, you know, I'm sure you see a lot of fans and they don't have that same belief or they don't have that same kind of, you know, tenacity. What is your message to those types of of individuals who look up to you? I feel like, you know what you're capable of on the inside. And a lot of times for me, I, I was a visionary. So I knew where I could go. I knew where my ability was and, and where I could take it. If I put the work in and I allowed time to take over, you know what I mean? Like when I first started doing music, I didn't have my voice where I wanted to be. I didn't have my flow together where it was, but on the inside and mentally, it was almost like I knew where I was going to be. You know what I mean? Like when I was at UGA and I was making music, it was good, but I knew it was going to evolve into something so much better and bigger and better. So I think it's just allow yourself to be patient. Don't skip steps. Allow yourself to grow from the bottom up. You know what I mean? Don't try to buy yourself into a certain position because it doesn't work like that. And the more that you put yourself out there and be consistent and be true to yourself, the farther you'll go. But don't hold back. Don't wait for a certain moment. Allow it to feel right. And don't feel like you need anybody else to control your destiny. That's what I have to say. And like I couldn't I said, have said it better myself. Yeah, you know what I mean? I feel like I've always, like I said, that's, that's, that's why I took the bet on myself and did what I did was because I knew where I was going to go, what I'm going to do with this thing, and... I don't know when I'm going to make that next hit. I don't know when I'm going to get that next big show, that next big opportunity. But I know if I continue to do the things that I got to do on my part, those things will happen naturally. Yeah, I I 100% agree. And, you know, to a certain extent, the same thing happens with like podcasting as well. Like, you know, one day at a time, you just got to be consistent like this. I've uh, recently released close to 60 episodes. So, but it's still, it's like a grind. You just keep hustling and then you just got to put yourself out there and go for it. For me, it's like, you know, the, the fear of failure is not something. Uh, sorry. He just cut out. Give me one sec. There we go. We're back. We're back. My phone, man. My phone died. No, all good. To be honest, that happens way more than you would expect, but um. Yeah. Uh, Something I actually wanted to ask you uh, in terms of your own kind of journey was how was music for your life in terms of when you were younger? Like, did you always have that musical influence and how was it with your, with your family and your friends? Uh, And and how was that in part of your journey? At a young age, I was listening to hip hop music. I was introduced very, very young. I said hip hop definitely had the biggest influence and then alternative and pop music. Like, Always was just listening to so much, like, the radio and then just always had headphones in as a kid. I was writing music really, really young, too, and learned how to play the guitar around, like, age five. I have notebooks and notebooks pages. So I've been writing music heavily in high school. I was writing the songwriting every day. So songwriting has always been a, a huge part of my life. So what were you writing when you were five? That was like, do you remember kind of what inspired the moment? Or do you remember like what you were like trying to get at? Or was it just like you had these creative pieces? I was rapping about school and like kids type of stuff, like toys and stuff and like video games. (laughs) (laughs) I was just rapping about whatever I knew. Like I just was always so infatuated with just writing and rapping and performing in front of people. I think I just love the attention and dancing too. Like, get up from my family and dancing, and my cousins would write plays, and we would, like, act out plays. 
I've always just been musical. And my, my grandparents, they've, they've been playing in the church for 30, 40 years. So she would always, my grandma would always play the keys and I would sing with it and all that type of stuff. So I don't know. I feel like it's just always been a big part of my life. And then now it's just played forward into me being an artist connects a lot to who I am as a person. And so how do your kind of family, obviously your grandparents uh, as well, how do they feel about obviously the genre that you were in being hip hop? It's not exactly, uh, how do I say, the the friendliest. It's not exactly, you know, aligned with traditional church going beliefs either. Um, and, you know, I know for my family as well, when I started listening to it, they thought I was going through a phase. But how about you and your family? They definitely are accepting. Uh, first, for a while, they definitely thought I was going through a phase with the music until they started to understand it more and have certain people call them. But it took my dad and my mom a long time, man. Because you know what I mean? Like, the foreign things. And then leaving to be a, a rule was always a part of what I was doing, but they just felt like, you know, for somebody to walk away from a college education and, you know, the, the, the opportunity to play football there, it just was a lot, you know what I mean? Sorry, man, you're just cutting out. Yeah, I was basically just saying that uh, as far as me walking away from the college education and fully pursuing music and, and fully, you know, going down my career path, because, you know, I believe that you go to college to get the resume and get the uh, the skill set and the knowledge, you know, to, to go forth on your career. And, you know, as soon as I kind of found mine and developed that path and already you know, started, uh, you know, building upon my career. It felt like it was the right time to move forward when faced with a decision. But like I said, I had to win them over and, and show them and show other people, and, you know, not even like I felt like I was doing it to show people. It was more or less just timing, you know, meeting the uh, the vision that I had, that I had as far as my put all the work in and, and, and all of that. So do you feel like the, the pressure and like almost people going, you know, what are you doing that that could that's a really risky move do you feel like that inspires you to to really show them that that you do have what it takes like is that an inspiration to be like all those doubters all those people who thought that this was not the right move i'm going to show you that it is um yes i mean at the same time you want to take you know the fact that people are trying to give you their best advice you know, you understand the difference between if people are hating on your dream or if they're really just trying to advise you, like, you know, I don't see it for you. Um, but it was a calculated and a planned approach. You know what I mean? I didn't just come out of nowhere saying, I'm going to drop out of school and be a rapper. It was more or less like something that progressed into the decision. And um, a lot went down, a lot was built, and a lot of situations had to occur for the timing to, you know, to meet that decision. But obviously it can influence you to want to go harder. You know what I mean? When people doubt you and people say this or that. But for me, it just made me realize, okay, yeah, I got to really, really take this seriously and make this happen because, you know, or maybe it isn't the right time or maybe, you know, you got to be able to take the advice for what it is and not just think people are hating on you because, you know, people that really care about you are going to actually give you their true opinion. I just had to be able to give out a plan that made sense to make that decision, not just, you know, just an uncalculated risk because that's dumb in my opinion. Yeah, I tend to agree with you. And what was your plan? So what was your kind of like your, you make the decision, all right, I'm out of college. I'm not playing uh, football anymore. What's What do you do after that? I moved home and it sucked. But at the same time, like I said, I was so, like I knew, so basically I was already getting a lot of, uh, eyeballs and, and was gaining a lot of followers from being a UGA football player that was actively dropping music at the time. You know what I mean? So it was kind of like I knew that I was going to essentially devalue a little bit because I had all those you know, blogs and supporters from the college football community and different people, you know what I mean, involved due to the fact that I had Georgia fans and stuff like that. But like I said, I knew that at the end of the day, people are going to listen to music if they like the music. They're not just going to be like forever like, oh, this guy played college football and raps let's listen to them now they're going to listen to the quality of the music and performance and all of those things so i was i was willing to go ahead and bet on myself and bet that i could be an artist artist and so i knew that it was going to take time you know you know being low-key for a couple of years and essentially falling off and you know having to get myself together and, and, and develop before it was time to pop back the way i needed to 
you're obviously not at home right now in terms of your living situation. How long did it take you to kind of move out and kind of be like, all right, I'm back. I'm like, I'm ready to go. And, you know, I've kind of gone back to the safety and now I'm really out in society. I'm out and like, this is starting to really happen. It took time because on the tour, I mean, shoot, like it's not always beautiful as far as, you know, like, me and my videographer, a lot of nights, like, literally had to sleep in our car, like, and just because we were so far out and couldn't afford a hotel room, and I was paying out of pocket, you know, what I was making for the show to make sure I had my band there because I was so about just creating the experience and leveling up my show material before necessarily, you know, I mean, my value was already established. And not only that, but we wanted to be able to get the content and you know, tape the whole entire come up to put out on YouTube to show people, you know, to gain that fan base and, and let people in on what we were going through, you know what I mean, on their end. So, you know, we wanted to be able to inspire people with a blueprint um, as far as just how to go about it and the type of hunger because there's so many entrepreneurs and rappers, like you said, who want it so badly but don't know where to start and don't know how far to take it or, or you know what I mean? Like, I don't know, like, it took time, but I was able to save up money and actually up in Sandy Springs. And, you know, I mean, we're, we're out there and, you know, a lot of nights we slept at the studio. A lot of nights, like I said, we slept in the garage or I crashed on friends' couches and, and things like that. But you just got to be able to see the end goal. You know what I mean? Because you're setting up the hard work that you're putting in is going to be what you look at three or four years from now and, and, and the foundation that you set up for yourself. Not allow yourself to get complacent or comfortable. Do you think people get caught in seeing – you know, what rappers seem to have, like, you know, in the music videos, you know, they've got fancy cars, they've got women around, they've got kind of, you know, that lifestyle. But the reality of that is obviously that what you're doing is like, you know, the hours that, you know, the uncomfortable nights, it's the driving, it's the the sleeping in the studio. Do you feel like that is underrated and underappreciated about how much effort actually goes into achieving those goals? Um, can you repeat that last question again? I'm sorry. Yeah, I was just saying, do you, do you think that like the the showmanship and the the kind of the, the fancy and the kind of the bling lifestyle, the really uh, kind of famous lifestyle kind of undercuts and, and results in people not seeing the true effort that artists have to go through and the true grind that it takes for a really long period of time? Uh, I think that it just depends on where you're at and how you're getting money. You know what I mean? I mean, some people really are having it like that and some people understand that uh, it's entertainment. You know what I mean? And, and some people have uh, created that brand for themselves. So, you know, it's kind of like, for me, I'm, I'm not doing the music to flex, you know what I mean, on, on what I, the wealth I already have because I understand I'm not there yet and I'm true to, true to where I'm at. So I'm kind of allowing people to be to grow with me through what I'm going through and hopefully inspire and motivate them as they're going apart their own journey, you know what I mean? So um, I recognize that as an artist in the come up that I'm not going to just pop out already having all of those material, you know, materialistic things. Come on, bro, what are you saying? Definitely. <laughs> My fault, man. Like, like I said, we're on the road right now, so that's why I'm kind of like all over the place. But uh, trust me, I've I've had everything under the sun. Uh, you know, people in cars smoking weed with with their with their friends. I've had music in the background. Whatever you think can can happen, I've had it all. But uh, I just appreciate you coming <laughs> through. And you know, I was actually going to ask you, like, you said you've opened for a few artists. Who sticks out as an artist that you've opened for? Like, who sticks out as, like, an experience that you're like, that was dope? Uh, Roscoe Dash, for sure. Um, Tory Lanez. T-Pain. Um, I'd say, shoot, man, like, probably Roscoe Dash was my favorite. Honestly. Roscoe Dash, mainly because... After doing the show with him, oh, and Mr. Hotspot, definitely Mr. Hotspot. Me and me and the artist Mr. Hotspot and Tuesday have, have had some crazy shows. So, really, just anybody that has uh, experience and just has the energy for me, it's it's fun because you know, I mean, we're on the same wavelength, we're on the same type of time, and uh, it's so natural. It's natural energy, you know. What I mean, it's just fun to be on one accord with everybody. 
So do you speak to these, to the, the, like these artists before the show? Like, do you have like a proper chat about like, you know, what do you want? Like, what are you trying to achieve? What is that interaction like? Uh, sometimes we'll work on the, the, you know what I mean? Like certain things within the show that we want to do, or, you know, we'll have small talk conversation on what are you working on? What are you doing for the show? Yada, yada, yada. Um, you know what I mean? It's, it's, it's more or less just, you know, just, all right, what do you want to come out? Okay, cool. Do you want to do this, this? What do you think about this? What song do you want to do here, here? Okay, bet. And then, you know, we'll kind of roll with it. With Roscoe, um, it was dope, I think, just because introducing him right before he came out and just the energy that was felt. And then now I got music with Roscoe, so we're about to perform it on tour. So it's just like those type of experiences too. Artists that I can learn from, you know what I mean? Like, I learned certain things from T-Pain and Tory Lanez and, and uh, again, Roscoe and, and even Hotspot. You know what I mean? Certain things that I can take away and, and better on my set. So those are guys for me that I'd say automatically stand out. And do you have a, a story? Do you have, like, anything that, like, epitomizes that? Do you have anything that happened that you're like, I can't believe? I look back and I'm like, that was insane. Yeah. Should I tell him the crowd the story? Or should I tell him the story? I'm falling off the stage. Uh, okay. Um, so there, there's a few stories that come to mind, honestly. Uh, one of them, one of them was the mic microphone broke off, broke while I was on stage, and that was crazy. And even though the microphone broke, the crowd was still singing so loud that, like, you know, what I mean, you didn't even notice. So we had to end abruptly, and that sucked, but it was like a cool moment of knowing that people knew the song. Uh, another time that happened was when my my boy crowd surfed. He jumped off the stage and crowd surfed across the entire crowd, and that was crazy. And the floor was shaking so much, someone broke through the floor, and they had to stop the show. That was crazy. Um, another time, I, was, I jumped from the stage on top of the railing that was between the crowd and the railing, and just uh, there were like people holding my legs and people mosh pitting, and the railing broke out from under me and I, and I landed on top of somebody and that was really crazy. And now they call that the witch patent catastrophe. So, <laughs> so I've had some crazy moments where, you know what I mean? I've, I've really rocked out, but for me, it's just like, you know, I just appreciate good energy. You know, one time the lights went out on the stage, so they lit up the entire crowd with phone lights and it was just natural lights. You know what I mean? And that was nuts. We've had a show in New Jersey. The whole sound system went off during one of my songs. And so we sang it a cappella. And that was really crazy. It's just like different experiences. You know what I mean? And I don't know, man. Like I had somebody boo me in the front row loud as hell and got really? kicked out. Yeah, I've, I've signed I've, I've signed a baby's forehead before at a show. <laughs> I, I've done I've done all types of crazy, crazy stuff. And I'm, I'm really just now, you know, getting getting new into it. But. I'm loving it, man. Seriously. Um, it's just, I don't know, man. I'm, I'm enjoying it. You know, as an upcoming artist, one thing that I get a lot is, is like the comparisons on who I look like and things like that. And then winning people over or having people super angry because they're just like, who is this guy? Why does he think he can be performing right now? But it's just like all the different experiences that build character as far as, you know, just being able to relate and identify with all the different stages of, of, you know, of their career. And certain artists mature faster in their journey, and that's why they're already, you know, where they're at at that age. And some people rise real fast, and then they fall fast. You know, you got to just be patient and stay true to your timing and, and, and just, you know, like, just work hard. You know what I mean? Work hard, but work smart. Well, how did you react when that person booed you? Like, what was your reaction to that? To what? To when that that person in the front row was booing you on stage, like what did you do? It was it was crazy, you know what I mean? Because you, like this happened in New Jersey. Um, I I mean, you know, honestly, it's like you see people's faces, you see some people loving it, you see some people like, who is this guy? You get all different types of energy. Whenever it happened, I honestly just started laughing because I seen the security rush over to, to kick him out, um, which I just was like, all right, everybody waved to this guy goodbye. And everybody just was kind of laughing and waving to him as he got kicked out of the club. But honestly, that's just part of it. You have hecklers, you know what I mean? Like, I've opened up for Young Nudie and 
and had hecklers. I've opened up for Hoodridge Pablo Juan and, you know, Lil Yachty and the sailing team and, and different experiences like that. And, you know, sometimes you have people that really love you and sometimes you have people that really hate you. For me, I'm just like, shit, just bring the same energy no matter what it is. Definitely. And so how do you prepare to like go out on, on like on the stage? Is there anything, do you have like a, a ritual or like a schedule, a thing that you like to do? Yes. What is it? I do 10, 10 touch jumps where I, I jump up and bring my knees to my chest and I do 10 jumping jacks and then I do a prayer and I'll do some, some vocal warm-ups and then I'll sing out loud. And then I usually just kind of like, you know, I'll just, I'll just kind of move my arms around. I'll, I'll, you know what I mean? I kind of just sit there and I get ready. And I make sure that I'm not seen the entire time prior to the show. So that the first time everybody in the crowd sees me is as soon as I hit the stage. Do you, does that include your crew? Does that mean that literally you're on your own? You need that time by yourself? No, nah, my crew will be out there. My, my crew will set up. They'll get everything ready and they'll let me know as soon as I need to come out and um, I usually have people with me too that'll be in the crowd that'll that'll you know get the crowd turn and just it's like everybody just you know has their role but that's just one thing with us is through doing all the different shows we've kind of learned what works best and and how to enhance you know the the show material of how we're trying to be able to present because we understand as we want to increase our value and, and as we want to increase the experience it's just like you know being able to evaluate you know from each show what was good and what was you know something we need to work on. Definitely. And how do you adapt to like things going wrong? Like it sounds like almost, you know, if anything that can happen almost has happened to you, but how do you kind yes. of stay in the moment? How do you stay like, all right, the lights go out, we can still go for it. Or the the mic breaks, we can still go for it. Like hey, how do you adapt? I'm telling you, it's, it's, it's so easy to lose your cool, man. And, and snap or like, you know, like, the DJ playing the music before you're out there on stage. You know what I mean? That's something that'll really irritate me. Really, really, it just sometimes things happen. And it's like the crowd doesn't even always realize most of the time there's a mistake unless you as the artist point it out. Or like if you messed up a note or if you forgot a line, like it's all about just keeping the show going. You know what I mean? And just finding a way to adapt and having plan B's and just understanding as a performer, what you have to do to continue to or not continue, but just, yeah, keep the show rolling no matter what happens. Um, and that just comes from experience and that just comes from just being level-headed and uh, because I've had all, like I said, I've had all types of things happen or the, or the DJ can't find the song somehow right before your the last song or this happens or they start the song while you're talking or, you know, it's a lot of things that can go wrong. You know what I mean? Um, on my part, on the lighting, on anything. So it's just being prepared for the worst and just, you know, like just having good preparation, I'd say. You know what I mean? Getting your sound check and just being able to move on the fly, being able to improv, improv it, improvisation, or however, however the hell you say that. <laughs> being able to improv is, 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 is very key. And so do you plan everything with your shows or do you kind of leave yourself room to kind of just see how it's feeling and go from there or do you have it like really meticulously planned out nah like even tonight you know what i mean and obviously you know you want to be able to have the particular show set uh exactly how it wants to be but right now you know we've been kind of building on the fly we kind of like to keep the energy of the scene or keep the energy of the show because like i said we'll do r&b shows rock shows with rock bands we'll do shows with underground rappers we'll do shows with uh, bigger hip hop artists. We'll do pop shows. We'll do any type of, you know what I mean? Wherever we can fit in. And so it just, the set kind of depends on whatever, you know, vibe is where we're going. So tonight it's going to be high energy and we'll probably go over the set list as soon as we get off this interview. Bang. Right. And do you but, uh, see, I will say too, it kind of depends. It kind of depends on whether or not I have the band with me. I work with Autobahn. I work with the same DJ every show and the same videographer and, and production team. But as far as the band, uh, you know, it just kind of depends if they're there or not. And they're there depending on what gig it is. And will they be at this one? Tonight, it's just going to be the uh, my drummer. So, you know, he's going to be able to, you know, provide. Like, we always want to bring, 
you know, something to the show that's that's going to be a different experience for everybody. So tonight we felt like it would just be cool to have the drummer and DJ and me. But sometimes we'll have a bass player, we'll have an electric guitar player, we'll have a keys player, we'll have a violin player, we'll have a saxophone player. Um, you know, it just kind of depends on the vibe. It depends on what we want to do. How do you, like, because you're one of the only ones that takes a a band on tour with you. Like, you know, because as you said, it costs money. Obviously you got to put them up because they're coming to your show. But what inspired that move of like, you know what, let's take the live music with me. Well, some acts, you know, they'll, they'll get booked as a band or some acts, you know, they'll, um, they just won't use a band unless it's for a festival. But for me, I guess I felt like early on that my music, performance-wise sounded so much better with a band. It just enhanced the experience, especially for the type of music that I'm performing. So it was just kind of like, all right, bet. Like, if right now the, the venue is only able to budget out this amount, but I want to be able to bring the band and this and this and this to be able to, you know, enhance the quality of performance, then I got to come out of pocket, but I know that it's going to lead to bigger you know bigger shows ahead and plus i wanted the experience i wanted to be able to build the camaraderie and uh you know just be able to build build that team so that's why i did it early on and i was willing i felt like it's an investment you know in investing in yourself well what i like about you and what i can see and, and you've spoken about it a lot is like you know putting the initial cash injection aside for the long-term gain like you know obviously you're spending a little bit more to make all these things happen, but you see that the result is in the long-term view rather than just getting the check right now. Yeah. But yeah, that's how it was the first tour. But then we started to like, now, you know, we're, we're fitting it in the budget because we, but we had to build that, uh, that resume, you know, people had to be able to see that bringing the band and paying more to have the band there was worth it. You know what I mean? Yeah. So now you just ask for, you know, that, that to be included as like, because obviously it does add to the experience, like having the DJ and then, you know, hearing the drums like live is like so different to actually just hearing it through the, the kind of the machine and putting it through, through on a track. Yeah. Now in our venues know that when they book us, they're not only going to be able to get a crazy night and get a lot of people coming out, but they're going to be able to get that video to be able to bring more people out for future events. You know what I mean? Yeah. Definitely. We, we truly bring we truly bring elements to the show that other acts don't feel like we're shameless in a lot of ways. I don't know. I guess it's just maybe I'm just crazy. I don't know what it is, but uh, I think maybe I'm just crazy. But it's it's like I said, it just allows memorable things to where people will never forget it. Well, you know, there's a saying they say that every new idea sounds crazy at first. So right. it's only crazy because it's different, not necessarily because it's a bad idea. But, you know, from what we're seeing already, like you're you're getting a lot of, you know, clout. People are obviously, you know, attuned to you. And, you know, you're not exactly yeah. the, the typical hip hop artist. You know, you've got your pink hair, you know, you're rocking, you know, whatever you feel. You just I brought a band to the strip club in Atlanta, to the biggest strip club in Atlanta. I brought a band and we performed and we won. Uh, the competition and then we opened up for OJ to Juice Man and like I, I was climbing over I was climbing stuff I was all over the bar standing on top of the bars like on tables and just like I'm saying like, I'll create experiences for people that they'll never forget you know what I mean like, you remember that one time that white boy brought the band to the show and he did this and he did this and it's just kind of like that's the type of thing that I want people to experience and witness while they come up because we want to scale it and give this experience to people in arenas and stadiums. And, you know, like I said, that was the vision I had even back at you. Well, man, I think it's clearly working for you in terms of, of what you're doing. Um, what I was going to ask is, what do you see for your kind of next steps? Like what's the rest of 2021 got for you? And what's 2022 look like? Dropping this album and... And then my hopes are to be getting into season two on the docuseries, as well as being a direct support for a major artist 
on an international tour. That's what I believe 2022 looks like for me. Well, hopefully you can come to Australia so that, you know, we can have some, some live music and we can see that, you know, what we just discussed live because uh, I think we're itching for, for artists to come down. Um, but, yeah, man, I was going to ask as well, in terms of your project, how many tracks is, is on that album? It's going to be seven to ten tracks. And I got two features on there that are going to blow people out the water. Awesome, man. Can't wait for that drop. Do you have like a, a schedule? Like, do you have like a timing for that? It's going to drop by the end of the year. Um, like I said, right now, it's been a lot of label meetings and, and uh, discussions as far as the way we want to distribute the album. But uh, it's already done and put together. And we got two singles that are about to drop as well on the way. So, yeah, it's just about, you know, laying down the foundation and then going out and sharing it with the world. Awesome, man. Well, uh, this actually brings me to my last question. This is the only question that I plan on the podcast. It's probably the hardest question that I'm going to ask. Uh, if you had to recommend one album that everybody should listen to at least once to get an appreciation of, other other than your own, obviously, what would it be? Um, what is that album called? It's by John Bellion. Testing one of your songs. This is always the question that is the hardest for, for most people. So uh, we just got yeah, weeks. Uh, yeah, I'm, I'm looking at it up album. right now. All right, the album is called. It's very important to me that I find this album because it was very influential while I was at UGA. So, what type of genre is it? Oh, uh, all right, so it's two albums. One is called The Human Condition by John Bellion, and then the other one. I just forgot off the top of my head right now. Oh my gosh. Um, dang. Oh, yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, there you go. You, you got two. But uh, yeah, man, as I said, appreciate you coming through. Obviously, you're on the road as we speak. And, you know, for anyone that, that wants to check him out, make sure you go and, and check out his website for tour details as well album dropping make sure you definitely go check out uh next wixpattern.com i believe you can go and see all the details yes, well. check him out on obviously ig and you've got you know spotify apple uh, itunes whatever you've got uh, but man i appreciate you coming through and appreciate you you giving us your time yes sir thank you for having me man my pleasure man well i'll uh catch you on the flip side yes sir talk to you soon see you later man Thanks for listening to the show. Please like and subscribe and follow me on Instagram at the underscore hip hop hustle for upcoming podcast news. Also, don't forget to check out my Patreon under hip hop hustle for exclusive content and to help support the show. Bye for now.